0: Welcome, 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 welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business. And as always, I got my co-host, my battle buddy, my brother from another mother, the one and only Mr. Brian Barefield, a.k.a. Big Sarge.
1: Hey, what's going on, y'all?
0: Hey, man, I know we've been out, but first things first, man, before we get anything going, man, um, you know, some of us already know that follow us on social media, we kind of took a a haste, uh, a, a debrief, um, BB, you know, we lost, you know, we lost your mother, so first things for before we even get things going, you know, I definitely want to dedicate the show, not only to you, but to your whole family, man. I know the last couple of weeks has been, the last couple of weeks um, has been somewhat of a rough time, and with, you know, the holiday season and things like that right around the corner, um, you know, I know all of us around the world that listen to the show definitely want to send our thoughts and prayers out to you and your family at, at, at this rough time, man. You know, you and I have talked privately um, almost practically every day, and, you know, there's not a day that I don't think about you um, in particular, um, you know, at this time, and anything that I can always do, whether it's a shirt off my back, bro, Um, you already know I got you, fam, so, you know. We we were here for you and anything you need, man. Like it's not even a question. You already know what the answer is, bruh. So um we're gonna keep you in our prayers and you know, Mrs. Bearfield, we're definitely thinking about you, but this show is definitely dedicated to, dedicated to you and your family today, man. Hey man, I
1: appreciate that, brother, man. My mother was my you know, my rock, man. She showed me a lot. She showed me what hard work, dedication, the perseverance will get you in life, man. A single mother raised three kids, uh God. She, she was married for a while then got remarried and uh you know i just i actually just touched back down in, in houston from atlanta uh this morning i got back at like 7 30 this morning man being with my uh with my stepfather man uh fred he's a, a guy that that has also shown me you know hard work and dedication as well you know and, you know it, it, i i tell people this if you take nothing else from life just make sure while people are on earth Hug them, love on them. If you get mad at them, it's okay. Just make up with them if you can. But, you know, give people flowers while they're here on earth, man. I can definitely say that, you know, I will miss my mother. But but I also know that, you know, I talk to her every day, every day, all day, either through the phone or through social media. And so I, I, I don't have anything to really cry for except the fact that I miss her. But other than that, man, I did everything that I was supposed to do as a son, and she's over in the chief as a mother
0: so i appreciate that brother Any hey, anytime man and you know she even when we do our thursday shows man she's always she used to always check in and uh you know chat chime in on our uh show up there in houston so uh you know like i said we definitely gonna keep your you know keep you and your family in our thoughts and prayers but uh you know with that being said i think that it's only due diligence that we kind of push forward and you know push this pace going you know kind of with our year-end review well, you, <laughs> you, your year-end show um, you know, we hope that everyone's able to enjoy their time with their families and their loved ones um, BB, you just sat and said that, you know, under the circumstances You just had to take a quick trip out to Atlanta But you just touched back down in Houston I reside in Las Vegas, but I'm actually back home in uh, the Bay Area, yay area Um, out here in San Francisco, Oakland, and the surrounding area. So um, it's good to be back home. I've been able to see a lot of loved ones and family. Uh, In fact, I think we're just going to just dive right into it, just being the fact that I was actually able to go to – got to go check out the Warriors in the Mavericks game last night uh, and got to see the rookie Luka Doncic and uh, check out the Warriors for the first time this season. And uh, it was a highly entertaining game, man. Uh, The Warriors kind of pulled away in the fourth quarter. We're up by 17. About four, four or five minutes left in the fourth quarter, and, and uh, the Mavs are actually the Mavericks were actually able to uh, tighten up that grip and get it within one. And uh, Mr. Kevin Durant actually able was able to uh, hit that walk off three at the last uh, last couple of seconds of the game. But uh, man, uh, you know something that kind of took me by surprise, you know, kind of. Looking in the game, um, you know, I'm going to ask you this question because I think the answer is yes for me. But uh looks like the Warriors are just a little bit out of sync this year, BB. And it's just I don't know if it's because of, you know, with Steph Curry being out with injuries. I know Draymond Green was out for about 11 games. Um, uh, Clay's missed a, a few games as well. Sean Livingston's been out for a while. So really, BB, I think this is the first time since like opening night that the Warriors are really at full strength. Um, and not to mention, we haven't even got to see Boogie Cousins. Um step onto the court yet um, supposedly that he was, should be most people were expecting him to come back by this tuesday's game on christmas day against the lakers but that seems to be looking like it's going to be he's going to be getting pushed to the right where it looks like he's not going to be playing until possibly um, after the All Star break now, just because um, he is he is rehabbing, yes he is uh, dunking on Kevin Durant, but it looks like he, uh, according to sources out here that he's not fully confident about that Achilles. So um, they're gonna um, they're just gonna give him all the time that he needs. But BB, uh, B- is it me or does it look like the Warriors are a little out of sync right now? It, it looks like they're out of sync. But another thing I think has, that has set in is
1: complacency. The Warriors have you know. When they first started out making a championship run uh, four years ago, you know, they were hungry. And then the second year, they, what, they, was it the second year that they lost? Yeah, they, had,
0: they lost second year.
1: So yeah. the second uh, a series that they should have won. But then now, so the loss made them more hungry again. And then they got Kevin Durant, and that made them even more hungry to go out there and win for KD. I don't think that during the regular season means anything to them anymore. They, they they won the uh, NBA uh, championship last year from the second position, from the sec, being second seeded rather, and so now they, they they learned they learned a lot. I'm gonna tell you like this. I think that what they learned from the 70 what was it 73 and nine season, mm-hmm. the 73 and nine season, they learned that maybe just maybe we don't have to take the regular season um, seriously because we can turn it on. We can turn it on in the uh, uh, in, in the postseason. I guess uh, another question that I have, though, is they may be out of sync, but Eric, what do you think that they're not getting along anymore due to the looming uh, the, 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 uh, I'm sorry, the, the cloud of free agency being around them?
0: Um, I don't know, uh, BB. That's a good question. From what I'm looking, I look at, I got to the game very, very early yesterday. I think I got to the game about 90 minutes before tip-off. Um, and I got to see Boogie Cousins workout. I got to see KD, Draymond. So when the, during the shoot around, it was Steph, Clay, Steph, like the core four, Steph Clay, Draymond, and KD were all on the floor together. And from what I'm seeing, it looks like everyone, you know, the the uh, the morale in the locker room looks like it's high. It looks like everyone's getting along. Um, as far as what I've been told, that the KD Draymond beef is literally old news. Like they've really moved on. And um looking at looking from what I saw on the court, like, if, if they ain't getting along, they they damn they, they sure are showing, you know, they're hiding it pretty well because, you know, we got to see, you know, everyone celebrating, you know, being jolly and whatnot. And here's one thing, BB, winning cures all kinds of problems, man. So I think the Warriors and what they, with them kind of starting getting back on track, man, you're going to start seeing them get a little bit more happier. But, you know, it's, 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 it's you know. It's like when you're, in the, when you're going to on a mission, man, uh, downrange, uh, whether it's to Iraq or Afghanistan, man. Um, you know, when you come back from that mission, before, you know, before you head on out, you get your mission brief and everything. And, you know, you might be like, man, why well, I got to sit there and go on a mission with, you know, Soldier Joe John Doe. And you're like, man, he always jacking up stuff, man. I don't, this might be the day that, you know, something bad going to happen because this clown this client going on mission with me. So, you know, and then you come back and you get your debrief and everybody was able to, it was a, success, a successful mission and everybody happy. And he's like, all right, you know, you just move on. So I think that's what it is right now. Everyone knows at the end of the day, yeah, they might not be getting along, but they trying to win too. And not to mention, this is a, 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 a crucial time for not only Draymond, but Clay, Clay Thompson. Uh, personally, I feel like Clay Thompson hasn't been performing at to a, at, a, at a high level like he's been performing. Um, he's been kind of hit or miss, and then Draymond's just been in a shooting slump. But last night he uh, knocked down two uh, his first two threes that he really, really needed really bad last night, and he actually had about 14 to 16 points, um, which is kind of high for Draymond. So to answer your question, BB, I think I think the morale in the locker room overall is pretty good, man.
1: Well, I... So, uh, and they're gonna have to—they're—they're they're gonna have to get it together, man. Because I'm gonna tell you like this, and I'm not just—just just speaking this because I'm a fan of the team, but I don't know if they really want to see an Oklahoma City
0: Thunder team in the in the Western Conference Finals if
1: everything stays the
0: plan. Well, I mean, if they—it would be what? Let's just say the playoffs ended today. They're the three seed Oklahoma, OKC is a two seed, so. Three will play six. So Warriors will be playing Portland, and if they would, let's just go ahead and just play chalk. Uh, and let's just say OKC was able to beat Houston, and they meet them in the Eastern uh, Western Conference semifinals. I don't know. Well, that here's the question. Here's the thing, BB. Are we talking about a Golden State Warriors team with Boogie Cousins or without Boogie Cousins? So that's going to be the thing as well. So
1: this is what the reason why I brought that up, though. The reason why I brought that up is is that if if, if they finally get in sync with, with each other, if they finally get the four in sync, and now you got to add Boogie Cousins in there, is that going to throw them out of sync? Because now they're going to think that they have to be Boogie, and it's going to mess up the chemistry of the team, whereas you have a team like Oklahoma City that has the chemistry from start to finish. You know what i mean you're absolutely
0: correct and somebody actually asked me this question last night while i was at the game is that what's the boogie cousins effect gonna do here's what here's what boogie cousins brings to the table and 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 this is what i would like for them to see enforced uh, enforce or kind of played out i like to see boogie cousins not be a here's what boogie cousins needs to do he only needs to average anywhere between like 13 to 17 points and grab anywhere between 8 to 10 rebounds a game. So what that does, B.B., is because Boogie Cousins is so versatile, you can have him run, basically, I mean, you could have him even bringing the ball up the court. You can have him down on the block. You can have him do the elevator play that the Golden State Warriors are known, known for to set picks. You can even have him run the elevator play where he's at the top of the key. He's busting down threes. Or if you just need to get a down, uh, down low, put your butt down to the back to the basket, and just sit there and have somebody work out of the post, you got that. So what that does, BB, is it gives them a better versatile depth lineup because now every five players on the floor is able to do whatever it does. So what does that do with Andre Iguodala? That moves him back down to the bench, BB. If you haven't noticed, really, BB. The bench this year is this is probably the weak, the weakest bench that the Golden State Warriors have had, and their motto's always been strength in numbers. So now this gives the second unit a better a better um, gel because you have Jonas Dirks who's been playing awesome this year for the Golden State Warriors. You have Sean Livingston uh, coming off the bench, and then you got all this stuff that can actually take place with the second unit. So moving Boogie up there is going to free up and give Andre Iguodala more less usage, and you can also kind of high uh, beat uh, Boogie Cousins as a. Uh, you know, if he's not even really healthy, I think he should only be asking Boogie Cousins to be dropping anywhere between thirteen to fifteen points, eight to ten, but eight to ten boards tonight, man.
1: At, at what point though, he does he work himself back into shape? I mean, they're going to get him, and, and once they get him back into game shape, once they get him comfortable being able to play, coming off that that torn Achilles. But I, I, I guess you know, I don't get me wrong. I think the addition of Boogie Cousins is great for them it gives them that start five that nobody else can touch i just don't know if you know if if, if we were talking about games from one to 57 we'd have a good sample size but if we're starting from game 57 or 50 57 going to 82 it's like at what point will we finally see what they all can do together and will he be playing himself in around shape because the the playoffs start April. What, in
0: April. March? Yeah. No,
1: April. Yeah. April sorry. So do you bring him back. It was so it I would say right?
0: you bring him back after the All Star break, um, and it gives you anywhere between what it. So after the All Star break, it's about I believe thirty some games left in the season. So I would say it's probably going to take him anywhere between seven to ten games for him to for all teams to get acclimated um, with each other. Uh, for all starting for all all members of the team to uh, to get it together, man. So I would say once Bookie Boogie Cousins does come back, it's going to be about uh, at a at a minimum ten games for everyone to get used to each other, man. And then, uh, uh, and then, what are they going
1: to be doing? They're going to be looking for him to be.
0: The boogie cousins from the Pelicans or the boogie cousins that's coming I would off assume the game it's going to have to be the boogie cousins coming off the Achilles injury. I think, like I said, I think boogie cousins more is more of an insurance policy. Like I said, I don't expect this dude to be sitting here. What was he dropping last year? Like six five and 5 or something like that? A game? seven five and 5 or something like that? So, yeah, like I said, I don't expect you, because you also got to take the thing. Here's what else you got to take into consideration. You know, his usage is going to be a lot lower because you have four of the all-stars that are on the team so i mean the, the the ball the ball's gonna have to you know there's not enough 20 you know everybody can't score 20 25 points on the golden state warriors you feel me so someone's gonna have to sacrifice a little bit and i i, I would assume it's him and not to mention you know he's trying to play for a big contract but i think you are gonna have to take into consideration he came off of you know quite possibly you know his career might not be ever the same so my expectation for him is going to be dropping about and eh, 13 points a game. I think 13 point, 13 and eight is, is very solid for him. I think for, on a, on a stacked home state Warriors team. Uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, I guess, like I said, the only thing we'll
1: have to yeah, do Yeah, absolutely. Is You're it, absolutely
0: right? right. So, um, but I just want to, you know, I, it was definitely interesting to see, but it does look like they're somewhat starting to get it together. But like you said, as soon as he comes back, they're going to have to hit that reset button and, you know, kind of almost reinvent the wheel all over again. So we'll see what ends up happening, man. But, uh, so, you know, kind of sticking with the NBA, man. There's been a lot of chatter with, uh, you know, some different teams, man. I'm looking at a couple of things, man. If you look at the West, bro, the West is just uh, this. The, the there's no the thing about the Western Conference, man. There's no there's no cakewalks in the West, man. Like there's no there's no easy game. So I don't care if you're the Denver Nuggets, the the Thunder, the Warriors. Like there's nobody that you can sit there and pencil in on the schedule that's in the Western Conference besides the Suns, where it's like, oh man, this is, this is barbecue chicken, man. I can sit here and just uh, run this up, man. Man, has have you realized how good the Western Conference is, man?
1: I, I have, man, and uh, you know, so you look at a team like the Clippers, and you know the, the way that they're playing, you know, they could be in it at the at the end. You look at a team like the the Houston Rockets that go that look terrible for three games, and all of a sudden they go on a five game winning streak, and you're like, wait a minute, where yeah. did this come from? You know, it's, uh, and, and you know they drop a game in Miami, but then they come right back in. Uh, went two in a row. After that, I think one or two in a row. After that, but you know this Western Conference is going to be very interesting, man. Because on any given
0: night, any team can be beat. And I and I didn't think it was going to be that Me neither, bro. Starting out because the East, the East,
1: but the East started out pretty strong. But now you look at a team like you look at a team like the uh, the, the the Boston Celtics. You don't know yeah, what you're yeah. going to get from them. But you know the the, the two. Between Toronto, Toronto, and Milwaukee, you know they're holding it down. And but if they came over to the, if they came over, then you would never know, you know what they could be if, if they were in the West. I want to ask you a question, though, E. Before we before we go back. Yeah. I mean before we move on. I want to go back to something from the Warriors and the uh, Mavericks game. How did Luka Doncic look in person? Does he look like he could be?
0: You know, the next best thing, or is it just because teams haven't... Man, a that's a good season? question, BB. So I actually had a choice of either going to the Mavs game or actually the Clippers game against the Warriors tonight. And um, I went with a, a good friend of mine. Shout out to my boy, Philip, man. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. So, you know, we, we ended up going out last night to the game. But um, um, I actually, we chose the Mavs game just because of Luka Doncic's man. And here's what I'm going to say about him. He's a lot taller than 6'7". I think he's closer to like 6'9", 6'10". But here's the, his game. His game is super duper smooth, BB. So he's not the most athletic person, but he's polished. So he was actually very. I think he was able to shake, uh, put KD on some ice skates, and he was able to hit the step back three. But Luka Doncic, bro, he's gonna be the real deal, bro. Like he was out here saucing up Draymond Green. He put Kevin Durant on skates. Um, initially they put Clay Thompson on. Uh, Luka Doncic as their primary defender, which I thought was very, very interesting. I thought KD would take on that task, but Luka Doncic is a real deal, bro. Like, I think he had he uh, he scored the most points in the first quarter that the Warriors have given up by uh, any opponent this year when he had dropped, uh, I think, 14 points in the first quarter. Uh, but Luka Doncic ended up uh, leaving the game with a hip contusion at the end of the game. But uh, from, from what I saw from him, the very small sample size, I think he's a real deal, bro. Oh, but are we going to put him in the same...
1: Because uh, I think uh, he's a rookie
0: to here this year, uh, if you ask I me. Mean,
1: but uh, I mean, so by, by saying that, though, if we go back and we look, I mean, it's the same thing we said about Chris Porzingis, too. But I guess this Porzingis got hurt. I mean, I guess, you know, you can give him that. He did get hurt. But once he comes back, I mean, who do you think is going to be better? Luca or
0: Chris? I've never been in. I've never been really impressed with Christopher Zingus, if you ask me, BB. Um, maybe it's just because I haven't seen enough seen enough uh, footage on him, but I never was really impressed with what he was doing on the court. I think he was just playing with a whole bunch of, uh, you know, you know, G League players on the New York Knicks. And he was probably the only legitimate uh, NBA player. Me, you always play this game, name, name, name five, you know, name three players that played for a team. I can't even name two players that played for the team besides, on the Knicks besides is and that, uh, that Knox kid from Kentucky this year. I don't know anybody else who plays for them. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. So, um, I, I can't, I don't know if that's a fair question to ask, but um, I don't, I, I think Klipschoff Porzingis is just one of those things like, you know, back in the day, BB, you would sit there and play against, you know, you know, you played in the rec league and you would sit there and play against that one team that, you know, you just knew was going to be barbecue chicken, but you always knew there was that one player on the team that was sitting and get his shine on just because he was the only player. I think that's what Christoph Porzingis is out there. So I'm not too sold on him just yet, man. But if I had to take a small sample size of what I've seen with Donchick's compared to Porzingis, I like Donchick's game a little bit better. And here's the the luxury that uh, Luka has as well. He's actually learning off of what Dirk Nowitzki's got, too. So he's sitting there getting Dirk Nowitzki at his tail end of the career. And you have someone who's one of the greatest scorers of all time. I think Dirk is one of the top ten scorers of all time. That's actually telling you know, showing him things and all the tips and tricks of how to be an NBA player. Transitioning from Europe all the way back to the United States, man. So I think that's another uh, luxury that uh, Luca has over uh, someone like uh, Porzingis. Because Porzingis was sitting there just learning the American culture off of World Star Hip Hop, so
1: exactly exactly so we'll we'll see man what about the uh comments that uh Marcus uh
0: pertaining made? to
1: the uh the, 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 he made those comments about how european players are more developed and they learn i did better, see that i did see that the kids that we have playing right now coming off the AAU circuit and it was almost like man listen i i, I
0: understand you know, Mark Cuban is a different type of guy, but man, to me, that was um, If that was the case, then how come we don't have, where's the Steph Currys coming from Europe? Where's the Kevin Durant's coming from Europe? Uh, where are the uh, 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 LeBron James coming from Europe? Uh, I mean, they produce soccer players. I mean, besides Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, you know, you got Luka Doncic right now. I can't think of any non-U.S. born players that are just balling out of control here. I mean, Canada's considered North America, so you can't even sit there and claim Kyrie Irving or Steve Nash or anybody like that. So, okay, we get it. You may have struck gold twice with Dirk Nowitzki and Luka Doncic, but, I mean, come on now. Like, what are you talking about, bro? Like, Jason,
1: Jason Tatum from Australia, huh? right? Hey Jason Tatum from, like, Australia?
0: Jason, no? uh, Jason Tatum, I think it. Uh, I think he's from Australia. Kylie, Kyrie Irving was actually born in Australia, too. Um... Uh, uh, you got Ben Simmons from Australia. So I don't know what I don't know what Mark Cuban's talking about. I did actually see that yesterday. It was actually uh, somebody showed it to me. Actually, I don't know where I was at, but somebody showed it to me. And I I didn't think nothing of it, BB. It's just like, yeah. okay, Mark Cuban. I mean, you really need to shut up because didn't you just have some sexual misconduct things going on at the workplace that you quote unquote say that you were unaware of and you know you try to sit there, uh, you know, get that together. So I think you got other things to be worried about. Like I get it. You can stroke your own ego by saying that you struck twice by getting European players, but if that's the case, um, I think it was around the earlier mid two thousands. Greg Popovich had a famous quote where I guess he was scouting some players from Europe, and they kept uh, one of the things that they said was like, "Hey, this is the European version of Tracy McGrady." And Greg Popovich's uh, simple response was, "Well, I have the real, you know, we have the real Tracy McGrady here, so why would I want the European version of Tracy McGrady?" When there's the real, actual, live and living color, tr- Trish the great that's standing right here. So that's the way I look at things. You know, you can sit there and say, "Hey, this is the European version of Steph Curry." But why would I want him when I got the legitimate Steph Curry? That's one of the greatest shoes of all time. Or why would I do that when I have LeBron James, who's probably the greatest basketball player of all time? I don't need a a a a a a a, a, a two, you know, a, a, a knockoff version at the swap meet version of, of, of a, a Louis Vuitton bag. You feel me? So yeah, exactly, exactly. I just
1: want to, since we were talking about the
0: NBA, man. I just want to bring that into yeah, for add. sure, man. And you know, that's what we do. We kind of sit there and ad lib off things off the top of our head. But uh, hey, man, I wanted to bring this up now that uh, you know you, you're back on track, man. Uh, is a key game that's on right now, and you know something that's kind of you kind of have ties to is the Philadelphia Eagles against the Houston Texans. I'm gonna switch on over to the NFL just because. It literally is playoff crunch time, and a lot of a lot of seedings is actually going to get taking place today, man. Um, what's your thoughts on – do you think the Eagles got a chance today? Right now they're up 7-0, uh, two minutes left in the first quarter. Do you think the Eagles got a chance to uh, pull off an upset?
1: The, the, the thing is this, man, when it comes to, to, to this game. I was all for the Houston Texans. Like, like uh, I was I, I was all for the Houston Texans – being a guaranteed winner when it was Carson Wentz, Nick Foles scares me. And what I mean by Nick Foles scares me is that at the at, he's he's good for end of season. If it wouldn't have been for him, man, I don't think that they would have went to the Super Bowl and won it on last year because he's a he's one of those backups that I, I put it like this. We talked NBA earlier. He's one of those backups like uh, like how Andre Iguodala is. He does, he may not be great for you as a starter, but you bring him in. Uh, you bring him in at the end of you know at the, at the end of quarters, and then over, like at a the Orr. end of the season to like make a mm-hmm. Yeah, like like the, exactly. And so Nick Foles is is that guy. He's not you know you, he, he's not going to cover up a gunshot wound, but if you got a paper cut, yeah, he got you, bro. You, know, you put a bandaid on. He, he's a bandaid. He's on not a tourniquet. To and that's what. <laughs> it, no, it, not not at all. So with the Texans, you know, and, and especially not being able to have that much tape on Nick Foles this year. I mean, they have a lot, you know, for the end of the playoff run. I mean, the end of the season, the playoff run, and a Super Bowl run on last year, but right, this right. year. See, and the thing that Nick Foles, Nick Foles, likes to go downfield, whereas Carson Wentz likes to throw the, the uh, ertz mm-hmm. all the time. You know, it's tight end, his safety blanket. And so with with the with the Texans. You know, the, the, one of the weakest parts on their defense is the defensive right. back due to, you know, some older. And, and, and for some reason, uh, Coach O'Brien has decided that he loves Sharice Wright compared to having uh, Colvin, Aaron Colvin, who came over from the Jaguars' place. So and Colvin understand was that. nice, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Don't understand. He, he, was, he was pretty good. He's better than Sharice Wright. Sharice Wright, i put it like this. Uh, three weeks ago when they played against – two weeks ago when they played against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh TY Hilton was asked the question mm-hmm. about, you know, did they see anything uh as far as Sharice Wright was concerned on why they kept going at him. He's like, Well, we knew he was the weakest one. So we just kept going at him because we knew he
0: right. was the weakest one. Yeah, so I mean, looking back, I mean I was actually able to see the Rams and the uh Eagles play last week. Um it was a pretty entertaining game actually. And I mean you could just feel the energy right there when Nick Foles stepped on the field, like you said. Um I mean, the Eagles have a good luxury to have right now with just being able to uh, plug in Nick Foles, but man, I'm going to be honest with you, BB. For some reason, I have a gut feeling that somehow the Eagles sneak into the playoffs. I'm not really feeling too confident about the Cowboys. I think they got humbled last week. Very humbled, if if I might say. 23-zip in in, in Indianapolis. Uh, And I just somehow, I just feel like, I know the Eagles need help and you never want to depend on another team asking for help, but Somehow I feel like they're just going to be able to sneak past uh, Houston today. And that's nothing taken away from Houston because it's hard to win nine games in the league. And I feel like it, I feel like Houston is going to be able to take that NFC South uh, division um, over Tennessee and Indianapolis. But, um, you know, I just I don't know, man. I think I think if Houston, if Philadelphia can get past Houston today, man, I think they might get a little hot. I don't know if it's going to be too little too late. But like you said, Nick Foles is very, very scary, man. It just feels like the Eagles. Eagles have, you know, uh uh they 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 rally around this cat, man. I saw Chris Long, this dude out here putting a, a shrine in this dude's locker, locker room, uh, you know, saying that they believe in him and that they're gonna be able to do this again. So it's gonna be interesting, but for some reason, man, and I know you are you a eagle hater, man. You a eagle hater. Uh I think that they might be able to pull this, uh, pull this off for some reason, man. I'm not saying they're gonna go in all the way to the Super Bowl, but I think they might be able to sneak on in there, man.
1: <laughs> I don't, I just, I, I just don't, I, 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 I honestly and truly don't think so, brother, I, I just, I mean, nah, it's too much going on in the, in, the, in, the, in the NFC for them to be able to pull it off, and you know, the Texans are going to find some way to win the game today, so I definitely don't see them coming, I, they, you know, their playoff hopes are going to be like the uh,
0: team out of Washington today is going be... No oh, good. well, team out of Washington last night, they, I think they practically got eliminated out of the game, but uh, I hope Dallas is able to beat Tampa Bay today, but Tampa mm-hmm. Bay, you know, they got to win against the Orleans in week one, but kind of digressing on over to them. Um, you know, what's, wh- what happened last week going in, what, what do the Cowboys need to do to, you know, they're down three zip right now in the first quarter. What do the Cowboys need to do to... Well,
1: actually... Hold on, okay. that just scored. Bro. Okay, so they have feet. What
0: are the so the, so the uh, the scoring drive is over. They're not going to get shut out today. Um, what what do the Cowboys need? What do the Cowboys <laughs> need to do? Because Amari Cooper was practically non-existent last week, um, in the game uh, against uh, Indianapolis. But uh, what do they need to do to figure it out, man, so that they don't run into this uh this this instance again? Because I was downright just embarrassing last week, man.
1: Well, Scott, Scott Linehan, man, has a – I, I don't know, you know, what he's doing. On, on last week, the Cowboys – on last week, the Cowboys had a uh, a, a play where they ran a uh, – it was on a goal line situation. Dak rolls out. Fullback slips up under. Wide open. He just doesn't catch the ball. And my, my thing is, though, what about your player personnel? With your player personnel, you have – a guy who was only caught two passes uh, a guy who's only caught two passes for the entire season in the game he's not proficient at catching that's the place where you bring mm-hmm. in Rod Smith and you let him you know sneak up under like that or you turn around and you I mean you uh you 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 stop Dak and you turn and you look and you, you have your tight end wide open in the end zone but now I'm not blaming that on Dak he did the right thing by getting into mm-hmm. the wide open man mm-hmm. at that point but then again, you have to look at it like, well, I don't know, I don't know if I trust this guy as much. Until you turn it around, and he's like, well, here's another right. guy that's wide open, right. you know. But you know, Scott with the hand, man, he's, he's this up and down, this up and down um, play calling that he's doing, man. You had the key, you had the key to Dallas's offense when you played against the Jacksonville Jaguars and you went on this offensive outburst for like 40 plus points. By running Dak, doing three right. pass options with Dak, and then last week Dak did that. I mean, Dak didn't even rush have one rushing attempt, not one. And so then you come back today, and what? And how do you think Dak scores? Mm-hmm. RPOs, uh, design uh, exactly uh, uh, so a design run for Dak Prescott. You know, another option. But you know, you you get down on the goal line, you become predictable. You go for it on fourth and one, and instead of doing a uh, you know, like a bootleg or something, some type of play to loosen the defense up, you run the most predictable play in running <laughs> Elliott towards, towards the strong side of the Indianapolis Colts defense, especially when you are putting together a makeshift line. The Dallas Cowboys have suffered so many injuries on the offensive line this year. And if you know from Cowboys teams past, they've always been
0: uh, Absolutely. offensive Absolutely. line dominant. Absolutely. But,
1: mm-hmm. You, you lose, uh, I, I think, um, uh, I can't think of, you lose, uh, so Fred yep. was already Martin, out, right? Yeah, yeah. He, I'm not mistaken. Martin it, as well. Martin. Yeah, Martin went out last, Martin mm-hmm. didn't play at all last week. You have an agent, Tyron Smith, which by the way, I don't know how he made the Pro Bowl, he should not have. Vander Edge should have took his place. There's no possible way Tyron uh, Smith should have uh, made the uh uh, Pro Bowl this year, but anyway, you get your 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 starting right guard, your starting left guard goes out early in the game because he has an eye contusion. So now you're like, well, who is playing offensive line for the Dallas Cowboys? And you can't have a makeshift line with the with the way that that Indianapolis. Colby. They better go
0: call Larry Allen or somebody to see if he's still available. <laughs> Some, somebody. somebody,
1: you know, somebody. So that that was one of the reasons why. You know, they so, so let's
0: players. just say they get everything together And you know Zach Martin is able to come back And Tyron Smith is you know Getting it together Do you think that they're still a key player in the NFC um, With the Rams kind of taking a step back right now And uh, New Orleans you know They look a little bit You know I want to say I would use the word mortal um, Even though they're still getting wins down under the belt uh, They've been depending, depending more on their defense So do you think that they can still make a little bit of noise Out there in the NFC man Yes sir
1: Cowboys so I I, I think they can I I think that they can if they can you know because they have Mm -hmm. all the weapons to put it together they just have to want to put it together and it may be one of those things where I don't I I just don't know what type of mindset the Dallas Cowboys are going to come into the game with and they just lost one of their key players uh, one of their key defensive players, in um, Tyrone Crawford, man, they they carted mm. him off the field. So now you got one of the one of, one of your better defenses' linemen gone out for the game for, in particular,
0: yeah. the season. And you know, Sean Lee, who is you yeah, yeah, yeah. You,
1: know, Sean yeah. Lee, you mm. never know, if he's gonna play or not. And I'm saying to myself, man, listen, Sh- Sean Lee is the equivalent to a sick call. Right. <laughs> like we wake up, you know, you wake up to do. We like bruh you're going to sit call absolutely man like every time I look right you're going sit call or, or either you're going to sit call one of the
0: and it's one of the profiles that ain't even a P2 bruh it's just like come on man you're going to sit there and just be dipping and dodging yeah man I, I don't know if it was I don't know who I was talking yeah. to I said, said the same exact thing I said bruh I don't care how good Sean Lee is the Joker ain't never there to show up man he always got something going on, and I get it. Football's a contact sport, but you hurt. But good googly moogly. Like, enough is enough. I don't know what the Cowboys see this dude when you got a young stud at Vanderish, uh, who's on a rookie contract that you can sit there and just move forward with. I don't know why they're so loyal to this dude when he's so injured. You know who he reminds me of, B.B.? Do you remember Bob Sanders from uh, the Indianapolis Colts? Uh, I do. Bob Sanders is the one that
1: got... Stabbed by his fiance or his wife the week of the uh, AFC Championship game, got
0: an interception, he got ran. Something down like by that, Pete absolutely. Joker sat there won the Defensive Player of the Year award and still only played like 10 games a year. Like, the, 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 the Shanley is just like Bob Sanders, bro. Like, you just don't know when he's going to get on the field. But when he does get on the field, you already know that he's going to be able to produce. But this is like, like you said, I look at the injury report and it's just like, Sean, like, I'm more surprised when they say Sean Lee is active than he is inactive. That's the that's what I see often. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, oh, he's playing. Oh, okay. As opposed to, oh, he, he ain't playing. I mean, okay. Tell me something that ain't Van Der Esch. But I mean, the, I mean, the, the Cowboys have a good luxury to have with Van Esch just balling out of control, um, holding it down as a middle as a Mike linebacker man. But uh, you know, we'll see what ends up happening. But uh, other than that, man, I can't think of any other. Uh, you know, there's a lot of playoff implications, man. Oh, I know that's something I want to talk to you about, man, uh, today. That was kind to my attention. Uh, uh, so the Arizona Cardinals has sat there and said that they, they plan on firing Steve Wilks um, after his first year as 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 their co- head coach over there at the Cardinals over in Arizona. Man, um, here's my thing, man. What I, 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 I'm gonna let you take the floor on that, but I, I definitely want to hear what you got to say because I think that, that that that's that's a super shady deal that they gave this brother and to sit there saying that they're gonna fire him after once after 16 games because they won only two games, I believe, this year. I mean, I don't know. I don't know any other, you know, situation that you can have where you had Hugh Jackson lose literally, what, two years in a row? He only won one game in two years and and they they gave him an extension, you know, then in the fire halfway through this season, but I mean, there's so many other coaches that I sat there and did a lot worse and you're going to sit there and fire this brother for no reason, man. After one year, though, come on now.
1: So, my uh sensitive people who follow the sports business podcast you can stop it right here because if you're sensitive you're not going to want to hear what i have to say next um and so for those of y'all who are still here who got thick skin tough skin all i'm gonna say is this he, you know it's uh one of those things where uh the, the, the african-american male always has to come in and clean up for the next anglo-american oh, absolutely. coach mm-hmm. he comes in and he cleans up, yeah. He comes in and he cleans up. Let's you like you said, Hugh Jackson. You know, I get into the biggest debate with, with some of these sports supposed to be sports aficionados, and they blame the the, the, the two win season or the three game season, three, three win season. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the, the two bad seasons that Cleveland had with Hugh Jackson. And I say, well, what did he have to work with? And when he finally gets something to work with, mm-hmm. you fire him. Not only that, you say, well, look at uh, what Baker Mayfield has done. Well, Hugh Jackson wasn't calling the plays. Todd Haley wasn't. As soon as Hugh Jackson says he's going to start getting to the offense, they fire him. Remember Ty- Tyrone Willingham at Notre Dame? He did all the cleaning up. Charlie Weiss came in after the cleanup was done. Charlie Strong, University of Texas. Cleaned up the University of Texas. Tom and Herman. then what happened? Um, uh, mm-hmm. Tom, Tom Herman uh, mm-hmm. comes in. Tony Dungy puts together a Super Bowl-winning team. John Gruden comes in behind him. So that's the thing that I don't understand, man, is that you you bring these African American uh, coaches in here when your when your program is is not not a good program. They come in, they clean it up, they straighten it up, they get it together, and then as soon as that, that's done, okay, well, your services are no longer needed. Let's go bring in the, this this guy that we want to bring in. And you know, even with the with, you know with the, the uh, uh, addendum that they've added to the Rooney Rule, where now the the owners have to interview guys that they have on the list. That still means nothing.
0: I don't know if you see, did. You hear the uh, comments? I, the saw, that. I, saw, I saw that. I saw. I saw that yesterday night uh, where he was talking about it's basically like a slave owner mentality out there.
1: And yeah, that's what it is, bro. It, it, that's. That's what it is. We're good for cleaning up
0: their houses, but we're not good for maintaining the house. You're absolutely right. Here, I'm I'm just and, and just for to to make sure that if the sensitive folk are listening, I already know one example. I know one one battle cry that they about to get to sit there and use, and I'm not about to sit there and buy it. They're gonna sit there and bring up Marvin Lewis, or Lewis, and they're gonna sit there and say, "Well, Marvin Lewis, and he sat there and won Jack Diddley Pool, and he's still sitting there in Cincinnati." Marvin Lewis is a completely different. I know Marvin. Here's my thing. Marvin Lewis should have got fired. But, by about five or six years ago when he ain't sat there and performed. I mean, he sat there and turned this franchise around. They got to the playoffs for a couple of years, but they ain't done nothing. And I would be the first one to sit there and say, hey, Marvin Lewis, bro, it's time for you to go. You've overstayed your welcome. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, he might be on his way out at the end of this year as it is. They already said Vance Joseph might not be making it through the end of this year. I don't know about Tom Bowles up in the New York Jets if he's going to make it this year. So I believe, what is it, next Monday is the, what is that, New Year's Eve? Next Monday is what the NFL calls Black Monday. And that's when they usually sit there fire. That's when all the head coach firings are going to be coming across. So I expect Steve Wilkes is probably not even going to make it past today. Uh, if, depending how Denver does against Oakland tomorrow night, he might not make it. Uh, I don't know about Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles might be leaving. I would be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Marvin Lucas leaves. So that's what? Four African-American coaches that we're in the loop looking at leaving. And what are we going to end up doing replacing them? Are going to sit there and do the roomie rule? B.B., I don't know if you can – I don't know if you have the uh, ability to do so, but can you figure out – and I, I, we're doing this on wax, so – is there a way to, can you figure out if the how does the roomy rule work? So I know that it's mandatory that they interview one minority, one minority candidate. How does that interview process go? Do they just literally bring them in and be like, "Hey, you already know why you are here." Like I, I, I definitely am so interested to hear how the Rooney rule works. So do they just sit there and tell the person, "Hey, bro, we just here to sit there and go through the process and." you already know what the business is we ain't got no plan you know like how does it go is it an actual job interview where they sit there asking questions or do they just bring him in tell him what's going on and they just sit there and just check the box and just sit there and say it's a, it's a go or a no go
1: so it, it's a, I'm going I'm to put it in military terms but, you know so that you and I can definitely understand it it's one of those things E. Whereas you be like okay look we know that we're not going to send this guy to the board but we definitely want to keep his morale up so let's just bring him in you know, tell them to start studying for the board, get his mm-hmm. corresponding courses up, and then when it's time to go to the board, we're going to send the other guys that we want to send anyway. But that way, they can't say that we didn't give this guy an opportunity or a chance. So, yeah, let's just do it that way. So, the, the, how the Rooney Rule is supposed to work is uh, a minority, not even just African-American, but a minority coach is supposed to get an interview, right. at right. least an interview, for right. a head coaching job. But then that wasn't happening because they're bringing in listen let me tell you how they're checking the box they're bringing in people who uh that they know that they're not going to hire and they're not even bringing them in for interviews though e they're bringing them in to talk uh on, they're giving them phone mm. interviews bro mm. phone interviews some of their phone interviews then with the rest of them e, it's like hey let's bring in like and you know this is I, I, i'm not saying this is exactly what happened but it's almost the equivalent Hey man, uh, what's the equipment manager's name? Johnny, Johnny Wilson. Yeah, let's bring in Johnny and sit him down and say, "Hey Johnny, you know what you're here for?" Which he really won't know, but we have it on record that we right. had Johnny in here. And we're gonna, you know, him and give him. We gave him an interview, so we we checked the box and see. And that's why now they had, like I said, they had to add the addendum to where they had to hire outside agency, outside firm to uh, uh, outside firm. To, to tell them, hey man, listen, y'all not doing something right. So you you're gonna have to now you have to pick the people off of this mm. list. This is the list of qualified minorities and African American assistant coaches who deserve Got it. a chance. Got it. At getting gotcha. a job
0: Okay. Yeah. So I was I've always wanted. So this is why this is why our show is just thebomb.com. Because for for those of y'all who don't know, my battle brother. This dude the dude. Already is he already has his credential. He already writes for the Houston Sound Magazine. So this ain't like I always say. This ain't the Bobby Shop talk that we're talking. about, we have legitimate. We bring legitimate guests here uh, on this show. So um, BB. Side note. Don't you got to for voting the AP uh, Awards this year? Uh, I think I do. I'm gonna have to yeah, take a you... look at that. But
1: I think I do. Cause yeah, it's I think gonna yeah. I, yeah I thought
0: you said that earlier this year when you got a. Uh, when you got uh the the what is it you write for the besides besides the Houston Style Magazine didn't you get uh awarded with the uh Football Writers Association or something like that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm on a pro yeah, football so writer. I think
0: yeah, I think when you told me that, I think you told me that you did. You know, we get old, man. I'd be forgetting things that I ate lunch and dinner last night, man. Uh, no, I can't, I can't forget what I ate dinner last <laughs> night. I, sat there, I had I went to this place, this mom and pop place out here in San Francisco called called a call station. Good, googly moogly, man. That place was so fire. Oh my gosh, I'm having a flashback right now. Oh, man, it was so good. But uh, with that being said, man, uh, it's we're going to sit there and wrap up the show. I know people out here trying to get their last little minute Christmas shopping done, man. Uh, you know, I, I got to do a couple of things before I get ready to get up out of here, man. But, uh, you know, I think it's time to sit there and uh, 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 give out our, our big dummy of the, of the day. And it's crazy. Um, I was at the game last night, and I was like, man, I ain't thought of a big dummy award in a while. And then you kicked me up today and said, let's go, let's put something on wax today. So, uh, I think I have somebody in particular, but I'm gonna let you take the floor, man. So I'm gonna go ahead
1: and just jump right in and say uh, the uh, offensive lineman for the Tennessee Titans, Taylor Lewan, is that, is that how the dude that got up in? I think I know.
0: Okay, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I think I know you about to go with this. Yeah.
1: The the, the the guy who went over you to know, <laughs> Josh Norman and told him to get the F. and then get the bow and arrow and I'm gonna tell you why I'm gonna give him I'm I'm gonna tell you why I'm gonna give him the the uh, the, the big dummy award because one why are you on their sideline that's the first thing that's the equivalent to if, if that that's the equivalent to fighting to me at the end of the game like why go celebrate your victory it's nothing that you need if you got something you need to say to Josh Norman there's other ways of doing it but you see this man is sitting over here on the bench. He's not bothering anybody, not bothering anybody, and you come over, and then you use the excuse of, well, during the game, he tried to hurt uh, Derrick Henry. Well, why didn't you try to get him back during the game? Like, why are you coming over and and, and, uh, patronizing him? You know, you already got the victory. Just leave it at that and just go away. And you got people out here caping for him, saying, "Oh, well, that's what you know. Ain't nothing wrong with that." Josh Norman got what he deserved. Blase this, blase that. No, Josh Norman was not bothering anybody. Let's take it back to race because I will take it back to race. If that would have been an African American doing that, what do you think all the headlines would have been in, in the morning? Everybody else laughed it off today because it's Taylor, Taylor Lewan. Oh, he's one of the highest-paid offensive linemen in the league. Uh, he's a good guy. Blase this, blase that. No, if Josh Norman would have did that, that would have been headlines all over the news. So I want you to keep that same energy and give that same energy to Taylor Luan because he was in the wrong. And you got people out here. He's saying, "Well, I know he was in the wrong, but there's no but." Once you say he's in the wrong? That's it. We don't need to have any other any other no. discussion. And you're out here, led by a Blaine Gabbert, uh, a Blaine Gabbert led team who got a victory over a team. Listen, I'm you know me. I don't like Washington at all. That was my mom's team. I, I won't take for Washington at all. But when you got 25 guys on the injury reserve and then you, you know, Blaine Galbert beats them, like, that's not a victory. That's just like a, ooh, you did what you were supposed to do, Blaine. Imagine if they had at least 17 of those people back mm-hmm. and only had eight on injury reserve. How would no, you
0: do you're absolutely right, man. And I completely – man, here's the thing. Josh Norman is already going through hell as it is playing for the team and the, the football team in Washington, D.C. They got enough problems, that is, and that's just miserable. I saw DJ Swearinger come out last night and said they basically blast uh defensive coordinator. Um, side note, the, DJ Swearinger went off on the defensive coordinator saying that they should have been playing zone on third down when Blaine Gamber came in. Okay, DJ, if you knew that that's what y'all should have been doing – don't you all? If you all knew that those are the bad, the worst play calls, I know for a fact that if something was going on that we didn't like that, that the coach was calling for us. We would sit and change the play right there on the on the field. So here's my thing, DJ Swanger. If you knew that it was that bad, and you knew that uh, all all Blaine Gabbert was going to do is just throw down to the checkdown, and y'all was sitting there playing going in man or whatever, why didn't y'all just change the play up when y'all got in on, when y'all got onto the field?
1: So my question is this: e when, when it comes to DJ Swanger. Or you weren't good, and when you were with the Texans, and now all of a sudden, now the last couple of weeks, I just keep hearing you running your mouth and running your mouth and running your mouth. Like, what have you done? Did he make? I don't, this so. I don't think so.
0: I don't think so. I don't. Know he may have. have uh, I can look at up real quick.
1: But here's my – he's like, like, DJ, your your skills are diminished. Even after the Texas game, what was the first thing you said? I could have played better. Of course you could have played better. You were running off at the mouth. You should have played better. Nobody even – I didn't even remember that this guy had a contract until he said something about uh, Yeah, he actually – so I had – Yeah, he
0: actually did make the uh, – he actually did make the Pro Bowl this year. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that wasn't actually my big dummy the world day. I was actually just kind of uh, – piggybacking off of what you were saying but yeah I definitely agree with you. I actually I came back to the room and I turned on sports and I was literally the first thing I saw was a dude got up in Josh Norman's face and I didn't know what the heck was going on until I actually like read up on it and I was like oh yeah this dude why would you go all the way over there to this dude silent and just do all that so yeah I completely agree with you on that. Um, for my big dummy of the day man uh, man this guy, I, I, I hate doing this but I, I don't really think I have a choice man what the hell is going on in Washington, DC in this country, man? Uh this has to been probably this had to have oh, been man. probably one of the most craziest weeks I've ever seen in my life. Um, period, bro. So um I'm gonna give my big dummy of the war to the idiot veteran who funded the GoFundMe page to start up the five billion dollars page on GoFundMe to build a wall all over the south of the border. You, sir, are a disgrace. You are a joke. And please don't let me find you on the street somewhere because we will have a serious talk. Um, What the hell were you sitting there thinking about? First of all, You can donate the money to the government, but it's up to the government how they want to sit there and spend it. Second of all, BB, did you not know that $115 billion already goes against uh, illegal immigration uh, policies and procedures for this nation? So if Donald Trump is sitting worried about what $5 billion is going to go, maybe you want to sit there and redo your budget on the $115 billion that you got funneling through the country on immigration policy as it is. And here's another thing that I have a problem with. You sit there and say that uh, immigration is, you know, the south of the border is such a a, a bad, you know, nothing but bad people come from here. If that's the case, why is immigration why why people coming to America um, been down over the last three years? Immigration, illegal immigration has been down for the past three years. So my thing is, you don't need a wall to sit there and keep up with your immigration policies. Also, on the caveat of that, how many immigrants come from illegal undocumented immigrants come from Asia, Europe? The Middle East that are able to sit here and come through this country because they didn't use the border. He's focusing so much on the south of the border stuff that he doesn't even worry about what else is going on around the other ways of getting into this country. But you, sir, who have two separate and funnels, started that five billion dollar uh, 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 GoFundMe page, and anybody who donated it, bro, y'all might want to sit there and worry about what the hell y'all sitting there thinking of. because if you have money to sit there and donate that five billion dollars to a uh, uh, an anonymous person. I'm pretty sure your local charities has a, a VFW or a homeless veteran shelter right now that you could just have to use your hard earned money. Um, so you can go ahead and take that money and do whatever it is that you want to do with it. But you guys are a complete disgrace to this country. You guys are pretty freaking funny if you ask me.
1: And the thing is too, Eve, when we're talking about this, no man, I, I told you I got back in this morning, man. Do you know that when I went through TSA, as of 12 o'clock last night, th- these TSA workers aren't even getting paid, man. They're furloughed, so they they're not getting paid right now. Right now, they're supposed to be able to go back and and recoup the pay. But how long do we? How long is the government going to be shut down? We won't know how long it will be. So during Christmas, these families, these people are, and they're still working. Correctional mm-hmm. officers, they're not getting. A lot of mm-hmm. them are not getting paid. And they're still working through, you know, and still doing their job, man. And that's one of the most disheartening things. All because you have uh all because you have a president who's throwing a temper tantrum who, by the way, like don't we have on record of him saying Mexico oh, is pay for the wall? Like yeah, it's this on is wax. on record. Exactly. And so I'm saying that's like, when did this change to the government paying for it? What happened to Mexico? Well, he sat there and had
0: to switch the game up. Well, Mexico sat there and said that we not going to sit there and do a doggone thing and y'all need to figure out how we go. Y'all going to build this wall. Y'all want this wall so bad, y'all figure it out. So, um, nah, man, he's been on whack so many times and then he wants to sit there and say that he'll be responsible for shutting the government down. But when it does shut down, he wants to blame it on the Democrats. So, um, you know, there, there's, there's certain individuals that, you know, believe otherwise. But, you know, at the end of the day, I don't want to see it shut down. Um, you know I'm glad that you know certain certain departments were able to get funded but you know at the end of the day I feel like all departments you know th- this shouldn't be happening man and you know if this is the case then Here's what I want to see: like all you all, the, all them big congressmen that make all them big daddy bucks over there, they want to sit there. and Why don't you sit there and start giving up some of that fettuccine to the TSA workers that are only, on average, of thirty thirty to thirty two thousand dollars a year on an average family is what a TSA agent makes. So you know it's the holiday season, man, and you know once again this is the third time that the government has been shut down this year. Um, so. Hey man, it is you know. It, 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 hey, I hope in January when things you know when people get sworn into office, uh, it'll it'll change in 2019. But uh, uh, one thing I want to do real quick, BB, before we get up out of here, man, a quick little year in review, man. What was your biggest story takeaway this year, man? Colin Kaepernick
1: signing with Nike. <laughs> well, not signed, but I'm sorry, getting the uh, the the 30 year. Uh, just do it um, okay campaign.
0: that was yours so, I'm gonna go with LeBron James opening up that school in his hometown yeah,
1: that's...
0: wow so yeah, that being said man tell tell that's them where they can find you at baby
1: uh-huh. hey listen you can find me at bigsarsports.com and uh, that's where all my social media outlets are and you can also find me from 3 to 5 p.m. central standard time on Sports Talk with Big Sarge on the legendary KYK and the all new 92.3 FM. You could stream that live actually through Big, uh, Big um, ah, Sarge Sports.com.
0: All right. Team. And once again, my name is Eric Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business. You can find me on Instagram at Money Compton. You can also find me on Facebook at Eric Compton. Also, email the show at Sports Business. That's S P O R T Z B I Z. N-E-S-S at gmail.com. Coming up next year in 2019 is gonna be nothing but bigger things, better things, even bigger things. Because not only are we gonna sit there and do this podcast over here on the app, but we're also gonna sit there and start doing we about to go live, BB. We about to sit there and take this thing live. We're gonna do a face-to-face podcast where we're gonna be sitting showing our beautiful smiles, as you like to say, that big pretty smile that we got. They're gonna be able to sit there and see my ugly face. And sit there and see the little jack, you know, my little, my little ugly face that I got going on. So we about to go live next year as well, man. So 2019, 2018 was an amazing year for us, but man, 2019 about to be even bigger, better, and stronger, bro. Yes, and listen
1: on the next podcast, can we talk about the uh, the hypocrisy and uh, the praise that Baker Mayfield gets and the criticism that? Um, Lamar Jackson
0: getting and actually Lamar Jackson having a better. Oh, day for sure, the man. Um, we can definitely talk about that. Um, we got a lot. You go. Twenty nineteen is gonna be some. So I think we're gonna have some heavy hit, uh, heavy hitter uh, topics, man. It's gonna be popping like fish grease, bro. But yeah, we can definitely talk about that because uh, Lamar Jackson has been. I mean, he's been super duper underrated this year. I mean, besides, I mean, out of all the quarterbacks, I mean, you can I give him an argument that he's probably been the best one out of that draft in the 20, 2018 draft, man.
1: Yeah, definitely, so I definitely want to talk about that on the next one, man, but uh, look, bro, uh, I don't know, man, hey, listen, uh, um, Christmas Eve, man, uh, can we want to come back, I want to give him one more before we get, you know, a
0: Merry Christmas, uh, Merry Christmas, then we'll do a year, yeah, we can definitely do that, that, that. man, let's do, a, let's do a Christmas Eve show tomorrow night, man, or tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon, because I got to go to the game, tomorrow. all right, yeah,
1: yeah, oh, no, 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 like, we'll do one, let's do one, uh, for sure, let's do it, man, Christmas. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on! Before we go, breaking news: the Rockets are going to sign Austin Rivers. That's actually a good thing. Um, wow, that, that's actually a good thing with, the, with them uh, signing Austin Rivers. And then the uh, the uh, I had something else that I wanted to tell. Oh, can we talk about the the the, the, the Charlo brothers? One should one both right? of them.
0: Well, the one that won should have lost is my understanding. The one that lost should have won is what I heard. I didn't really get to watch anything of off the Charlo brothers. But um it's funny, I had a discussion at my job with a co-worker of mine that I, I personally sat there and said that um uh, whichever Charlo brother that was calling out Canelo Alvarez, I said I didn't think he was ready, that he didn't want that work. And I think last night kind of proved it to me. I haven't seen any of the highlights, but I just heard through the rumblings and social media that one of them got robbed off the fight and the other one should should have lost. Um, so um, yeah, I I, I, I didn't I wasn't really big on the Charlotte Brothers as it is, but from what I'm hearing, uh, he don't he don't want no work, He don't want to sit there and face Canelo. Oh man, listen, I know.
1: I like, I know this is an extended
0: version. Oh yeah, for sure, to... man. Anyways, Thank if we you. don't talk to y'all, y'all have a Merry Christmas. Sit there and eat some gumbo, sit there and get some ham, some turkey. Make sure you sit and eat enough for us, man. But enjoy your time with your families at you know, this time of ho- at the holiday season, man. And, uh, you know, just sit and love one another. And other than that, man, we
1: out. Big needs
0: Sar- <laughs> a